Good morning and a happy, merry Saturday in this Christmas holiday season. Jeff and Eric, Courageous Conviction, our podcast. Today, Jeff and I are going to talk about, I'll get back into your, your book. The last couple of podcasts, we're talking about your, your book. Um, and, and I think it's really interesting. What, what you've what you've been able to do in writing this book and, and and you know i've sat down probably four or five times stacks of notes and everything to write and i just i get there and i just can't do it i don't know i i i've broke down my my, my chapters so i thought i'd write it chapter per chapter you know, and, and, and I, you need a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time to just dedicate and concentrate. And I don't know how you found that time and all the things you were doing, going to school and moving and working and get your kids and, 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 you know, and, and just being married alone requires time from us. Right. Yeah, it so, does. How'd you yeah. find the time? And, and, and you know, what I want to get back to too is how'd you find the strength? In our last podcast, we we're talking about, the coming back. Okay. Made a decision to come back. Cause we, we both decided that, you know, we both knew the book of Mormon was true. And we we're talking about your brothers saying, Hey, yeah, I know the book of Mormon is true. I got a problem with the prophet Joseph Smith. And so oh, wait a minute, the book of Mormon is true. Then the prophet Joseph Smith was the prophet to restore the Lord's church today. And face it's earth, right? You can't, you, you can't accept one without the other. They, they come together. Right. Yeah. And we talked about that, but what, how did you find the, you know, in, 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 and I'm sure your book talks about this. I haven't had the opportunity to, to read it yet. I don't, you're some of the final final copies of it. You sent me some excerpts, but but some of them I couldn't read. They're kind of blurry. But um, where did you find the strength? Because I think that people can realize it. I know for me, we're talking about addictions. You know, I was I was a CEO when I was. I made some good money, and I'm in Costa Rica. Give me a break. I'm single. I'm in Costa Rica. I've got money, and you know. The girls down there like to have fun, and, and it was it was really difficult for me to walk away from that. I was donatic everywhere I went. You know, I was just looked at the, the government and so forth. I had all my my ties there, and, and and they just respected me because of the money I had. It wasn't I always thought it was me, you know, my intelligence, and you know, they all want yeah. me for that. You know, my good looks and all that. Well, and I you know, you wake up one day and you start thinking, well, you know, you know. And not to be mean to yourself, but you got to like get with reality too as they start to get older and you think, okay, well, maybe it's not your good looks and maybe it's not your intelligence. And I won't deny the intelligence that there's maybe a little bit there, but, but it was more, they were just drawn to me because of what they thought I could give them. Now, my point being, even though I knew that, it was hard for me to walk away from that. It just had a hold of me because I had power and I had power over people. And that's a real, that's an addiction. It's hard to get rid of. And I think you're seeing that now with the World Economic Forum. And you're seeing that with government right now that's taking place in America. Before we saw this stuff down in Latin America a lot, right? You're seeing that bleed over here now. But my point before I get off on that is, how'd you find the strength? How'd you find that strength to, to break away from addictions? Because you had some addictions, not just the, the weed, the marijuana, but the alcohol, you know, and in and, and, and the lifestyle that being a, a, a biker also brings you have a certain character your role you got to play and, and that just normally doesn't fit with church so how'd you find that 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 strength to come back and and you know talking to feel like a black sheep before you fall away 
once you leave and fall away, you feel more like a black sheep coming back. So it's not easy coming back. You really got to humble yourself. Yeah. You know, so let's talk a little bit about that in today's podcast. Well, you know, the book, you know, talks about how I left Alaska on a motorcycle and got to Costa Rica. A couple of months after getting there, I met my wife. We got, we get married, you know, five years into our marriage. We've got a decision to make because she was inactive uh, as well. And um, one of the things that was always funny, she said that she she wanted to marry, uh, and she'd prayed about this to get married to uh, a, a return missionary. I'm like, well, you you got that, you know. I'm not sure that I'm ever coming back to church. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not. Um, in fact, when she saw saw me smoking pot one time, she goes, "When are you going to stop smoking pot?" And I'm like, "You met me smoking pot. When I'm 90, I'm still going to be smoking pot. And the only other reason that I might not be smoking pot is if I go back to church." which I said that facetiously. I mean, I was, did not mean it at all. Uh, you know, and at this time, like you, you know, you being the CEO of your company, uh, even getting the Discovery Channel to come down and do, you know, um, some filming on you and how that, in, and how that transpired and, and came about. I'm sure there's a great story behind that. Um, and I've heard some of it. And, and, um, and, and I was, at the time, um, when I started coming back to church, I... I was running the number one restaurant in Costa Rica. Um, you know, everybody who was anybody in Costa Rica came to that. Was that restaurant. the White House? That was not the White. That was the uh, Misala. You know, oh Misala, yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and so we had like Ignacio Santos, which was, uh, you know, a very famous uh, TV celebrity and owner of the number one um, news channel and TV station in Costa Rica, um, which is ironically the rival of uh, a bishop Patey, a common friend of ours who owns the other tv channel now um but anyway the long story short is everybody who was anybody came to our restaurant then and and um and i was riding a harley davidson wearing a suit and you know and um it, it's kind of hard to kind of get that and wrap your brain around that i'm sure but anyway <laughs> you know i just um, I had no, re you know, I had plenty of money, kind of like you, the power thing, you know, uh, I was, I was, you know, very into being successful at that time. Um, but lacking, you know, and the addiction side of things, you know, I drank too much, uh, you know, smoked too much, um, you know, a lot of things, but that didn't keep me from going to work, you know? And, uh, so the typical story of being down and out and being, you know, you know, at your rock bottom, that wasn't me, you know, I, I, and yeah, the girls and, you know, why do I, I've got a bunch of money in the bank account, don't need to come back to church, you know, because I'm groveling over some kind of poor me kind of deal. Um, eventually it came to that, you know, because we all get down to this, our own level of, um, you know, being at rock bottom. So spiritually, emotionally, and, and things like that, not having control over my addictions um, really brought me to my knees. Um, and did me service for, because I, you know, I needed to be humble, um, which I wasn't up until that point. I was going to lose my wife over the whole thing. And, and, uh, so, you know, the, the book talks about a lot of this, uh, and, and in fact, all of it and coming back to church, you know, wasn't easy because, because I didn't want to, I started looking at this, you know, like I mentioned before, anti, anti-literature for the, for the Mormon church. And, and a lot of the stuff that's being 
promoted in that realm you know i think there's it's monetized from from these i like to call them you know not traditional christians but nicing christians you know uh, which are the protestant church and the catholic church they all kind of developed you know several hundred years after the apostles were martyred and they just you know the bible talks about the great apostasy and all that and, and that's a whole other subject but um, going back to church for me was, was, you know, a wonderful experience. It was also very humbling. I remember when my, when I started going back and my, and my bishop came up to me and goes, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to, you know, after I kind of got my stuff together and, um, he's like, well, I'm going to call you to be young men's president. I'm like, really? I mean, I've got tattoos and I ride a Harley and it's not, you know, any old Harley. I mean, it is the loudest Harley on the planet, you know, and um, make no qualms about it. I didn't feel like I was meant for that, you know, calling. As it turns out, you know, it was a great calling for me. But anyway, that's something we can get into later. Did I answer your question all right there? Yeah, no, I, I just, I just, I, I, I kind of wanted the strength. You know, how did you find that strength? Because I think that's, I think people get to a point where they realize when they fall away and they leave the church, they made a mistake. But pride is one thing you have to overcome, right? That's, that's yeah. it. And then whatever your, you, your excuse was for leaving, because I'm sorry. I mean, if you are truly sincere and a real person and you sit down and break down the Book of Mormon. And let's just say you're of other faith, because this isn't just for this podcast, not just for, for Latter-day Saints. This is, we're hoping to find all faith-based people, because I think right now we need to unite faith-based people to defend our ability and freedoms to be able to have faith, right? Yeah. And and I think we're under a serious attack right now. Some recent things have taken place in government that are actually now moving towards, um, well, there's... I'm just going to kind of bring this up right now, kind of interject this in, but there's some, some movement going on in Europe right now, the European Union, here in the U.S. and Canada as well. Now, Canada's already passed the laws. The European Union's already passed the laws too. Now it's just a matter of how they're going to do it. The United States is trying to do it because we have here a First Amendment that the guarantees our freedom of expression and speech, right? And that encompasses a lot. However, in these other countries, you don't necessarily have that. And those are all the topics we can go into, especially during the pandemic era, right? You know, going to church, many people like in Ecuador thought that was their constitutional right. We found out real fast that wasn't a constitutional right anymore. That was a privilege and it could be taken from you for the betterment of the society at any moment, right? So they don't have those rights like Americans do here. And you saw some try to take those rights away and some try to defend those rights. Which is the hope here, right? And keep because you know, if you if you were to shut everything everybody down, lock everything up, and you're able to destroy all your history, like China did, and like we're doing right now in the US, you're able to rewrite history. The idea of our savior, the knowledge of our savior in one generation can be eliminated off the face of the earth with a collaborative effort, which the World Economic Forum is trying to do. This is all neo-Marxism, and it's all being brought back in our faces today. And it's, you're seeing it bleed into the church too, right? And, and I think that this is causing a lot of the confusion and a lot of this idea. We have the Teddy Bear Jesus idea that we talk about. And, and there's a, another podcaster, an LDS podcaster. I really like him too. Um, he, 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 he takes the same approach and tries to deal with issues that we're having right now in the church 
they're not being talked about by the general authorities that many are kind of hoping to talk about. Like we talked about, you know, back in the 80s, it was a little different, right, than it is today. And I'd like to talk about that too. Why is it not the same? But we'll get into that in the podcast. But right now is this. We decide, you know, the censoring, that's what I was talking about with Europe and, and Canada, there's censoring laws coming out that are actually, it's all neo-Marxism, and it's all cultural Marxism, what this is, what we're, we're experiencing today. And it's not just in the U.S., because the algorithms go out to the whole world, because you have these platforms like Facebook, Instagram, so forth. Well, Meta, Meta owns all of them, and you know, um, Google, they're actually, they're actually throwing this out there with an intention. And, and what's funny is, a lot of members are blindsided to what's going on. We have the Book of Mormon, it completely explains how secret combinations come to power, and how they work yeah. and where the corruption comes in. It comes in with the attorneys and the judges. And you're seeing that now in the U.S. You're seeing judges not uphold the Constitution. And my point being that the censoring is coming to a point where they want to now, they're, 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 they're getting back to basic Marxism. And, you know, the two divisive factors of Marxism, or there's more, but the, the main ones were private property and religion, right? And those were, were, were elements of our society that, are, that bring cohesiveness that actually... Marxism itself and neo-Marxism the same way, it eliminates private property and religion. Now, when I, when I was in Cuba, and, 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 and I was in Cuba when, when Castro was still in power, right, at the very end. In fact, when I left Cuba, the day I was leaving Cuba, he was handing power to Raul, right, his brother. Uh-huh. But it was interesting for me to see that the government had two religions. You didn't have free religion. They had two religions there. Yeah. Right. And one was like of, of this witchcraft, black magic, and one was something else was just kind of fabricated by the government. The censorship that's going to take place on these platforms now, you know, it, it's going to eliminate our, our, our freedom of religion. And so my point being, with a collaborative effort like that, the knowledge of our savior can be gone in one generation because it starts in school systems. And Elder Christofferson has traveled the world for a couple of years and spoke about the corruption in the education system. Right. So, okay, we're seeing where the, where, the, where the hotbed and the ideas are coming in that are dividing members in, in the church to follow, to, to, to give up their faith, and, and any faith-based people as well. But then when you realize you made a mistake, how do you come back? And, that, and that's kind of what I want to conclude on this. Is how, did, how did you find the strength to come back? Because, okay, I got to come back. I want to come back. I want to save my marriage, like in your case. You guys needed something better. It was time to do something different. Your wife wanted a return missionary that could lead her, that was a priesthood holder that would lead her and help fulfill, fill in those, those, those weaknesses she had or those areas she needed strength in to, for her to come back, right? That's what she wanted. And okay, like you say, oh, you got a return missionary, but, but, but I'm not coming to you with the, the priesthood power. And, and, and I think that that's something that, that's important to talk about is, is how we get that power, tap into the powers of heaven to be able to, to be able to make the changes necessary to come back. And, and one is you have to, you have to humble yourself. Like we both had to do. And, 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 and that's not easy to do. I was an executive. I had all these people, you know, I was the, the, the Don Etic. I was the Don in, in, in my little circle. And I really thought I was something else. Now I realize I, I was just a little small fish in a, in a big pond, but uh, it's a humbling experience. And that is not easy to walk away from. Money is not easy to walk away from, my friend, nor is that idea of power. So where do you get the strength? 
where do you find the strength Joe? yeah let me let me try to answer that one that's a that's a good question um the strength comes from within the light of christ which we were all born with that we've been taught since we were children um i remember years ago and, and this came to me in, in an epiphany or a prompting of the holy ghost that i had prayed as a young child when i was about eight at the time of baptism because the lds were baptized at that age when you're born into the church and i remember praying that if for some reason i ever did leave the church that some that i would be helped back you know um regardless of my poor decisions and, and even then i had the insight to, to pray about that back then and and then fast forward you know many years later when i started going back to church and i was groveling with this whole idea of me you know, and all the poor me kind of stuff and the and the humbleness of things and feeling bad about my past decisions. And this warmth came over me, this feeling that you can't even put into words, but into my mind as well. Um, it reminded me of that prayer that I had forgotten so many, many, many years before that. And to me, that was so specific and so in tune with um, with the way our Savior teaches us and brings us back. Um, it just said, you know, hey, remember this prayer? And I did remember it. I wouldn't have remembered it on my own, but it came back to me. Um, so the light of Christ helps us to become more in tune with the Savior. And I think that our development to be able to hear spiritually, you know, because we have our physical ears and our physical eyes and we have our physical attributes that kind of are shut out from the spiritual side of things. And when we when we when we become more atheistic, it's easy to say, well, all, all that stuff is 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 no good because it's just, you know, it can be proven and you can come up with these theories that that is not real. But nobody can prove that, you know, you just have to either believe it or you don't. So, you know, it's it's another step of faith. You know, if you would, if you like this content, you want to follow us, just hit the subscribe button down below, please, and, and, and hit the bell. So we're going to, this is a new podcast. Right now, we're going to be recording every Saturday. We'll record a few videos each Saturday, get out to you, and then as things pick up, we'll record some more. Stay with us, and we'll see you in our next podcast with Courageous Conviction.